Wow. Just wow. A career-high 43 points for Zion Williamson as he carries the Pelicans to a win over the Timberwolves. Just an un- Believable night. Let's break down the different ways he carried the team to the win and how some others contributed as well in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Career high, dude is a superstar. It's today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Take a second and just celebrate. Scream if you need to. Dance around the room where you're listening because that was a fun one in the Smoothie King Center last night. 119-118 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Zion Williamson, showing he is a superstar, carried the team to the win. 43 points, a career high. We're going to break it down as well as talk about some others. And then a couple of other notes, particularly on the coaching side of things, that I thought were really interesting from last night's win. Pelicans staying second in the Western Conference with it. Just an incredible performance. I don't really, you know, we could end the show right there, but let's break it down a little bit further than that. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, including the big dominant performance from Zion Williamson. If you want to support the channel, best thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. What is the number one thing? What was the most impressive thing of Zion's 43 points that he had in this game? So let's let's start right there. I mean, 43 points. Here's his stat line. You already know it. You've seen it. 43 points, five assists, three rebounds, one steal, one block. 14 of 19 from the free throw line, one of one from three, which was beautiful to see a clutch three too. 43 points on 21 shot attempts, 14 of 21. That is ridiculous. That is more than two points per shot attempt. There was no answer for him. He was frustrated in this game in the first half. The officiating was freaking weird with the number of fouls that they called and that was the longest third quarter ever. Zion in the first half of this game, just 10 points. And then in the second half, decided he was going to impose his will on this Minnesota Timberwolves team. 33 points in the second half. 15 free throw attempts. 33 points on 14 shot attempts. It's just absolutely insane what he did. If there was any doubt before, that he wasn't a superstar or that he was out of shape, right? He's doing this coming back from COVID. I'm recovering from COVID cleared. I'm good, but you hear my voice, right? I'm sweating right now doing the show because I still don't feel great. Zion just went out and scored 43 points on a kitty hoop. I don't even know if I could get to 10 right now before buckling over and just like crying on the ground. What he did coming back from having COVID is absolutely insane. That like, I don't know what the most impressive part is. Again, tell me down below in the comments. Is it that he did it after COVID? Was it the big three that he hit, right? Was it the steal and the dunk that he made, the defensive play? Was it scoring the final 14 points for New Orleans to ice this win? If you're watching on YouTube, you see it on my face. There's so many. He was just 
dominant. In the second half, he decided to impose his will on this game. Fed up with the refs and goes, okay, I'll do it then. It's literally the the Thanos move from the first Avengers where it's like, all right, I'll do it myself. The villain being like, everything else is not really working. I just need to go and handle business. And he, it's like, my God, did he ever. He was that good. Second half, he was not scared of three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, repeatedly going at him, getting the ball at the top of the three-point line, driving downhill, attacking him, and getting him in foul trouble. Rudy Gobert fouled out of the game right at the end, but he fouled out of the game. If this went to overtime, they had no Rudy Gobert. This was going to be all New Orleans at that point. He did everything. Got the ball wide open on the three-point line, launched the three, made it. Basically, like the one shot he took outside of the restricted area, outside of the paint. It's just such a dominant performance. New Orleans on the night just took one, two, three, four, five, six shots that were not three-pointers and not in the restricted area. That's really ridiculous, by the way. Zion was that good. He took two total shots outside of the restricted area. Just a dominant, dominant performance from the Pelicans MVP. If, if you Look, I know there's a lot of Brandon Ingram fans, stands, whatever you want, and I don't like arguing with people over that stuff. Brandon Ingram is a great player. But if you had any doubt that this is Zion's team, that needs to kind of be put to rest right now. No one can do what he could do without, you know, sometimes the best supporting cast. You know what would have made this one a big and much easier game to win? Brandon Ingram there, particularly because there were some stretches where the Pelicans offense went really, really stagnant and did not look good. And then Zion goes, I don't care. Just get me the ball. Let me go and do it. Final 14 points. B.I. can get clutch and do it too. And that would have made this a whole lot easier. And it wouldn't have required rookie Dyson Daniels making a great defensive play at the end of the game to really get the win and force Anthony Edwards to miss his game potential game winner. But Zion was so good. Again, let me know what your favorite part of this one was. I don't know what it was. There are so many. After the game, you could just see how clearly exhausted he was. And he put the team on his back, on his shoulders. That's what superstars do. Look at what Luka Doncic just did the night before. I talked about it on Locked On NBA. That show popped off too, which was awesome. And he put up a 60-point, 21-rebound, triple-double, 10 assists. No one's ever done that in NBA history. It's only the second 60-point triple-double ever, and it's tied with James Harden for the highest points scored in a triple-double. And it took every ounce of that of what Luka did, including some ridiculous stuff at the end of the game to send it to overtime, to get that win. You needed all of Zion in this one, and you got all of Zion in this one. That's incredibly impressive, particularly when the dude was probably winded as all get up, exhausted, tired, not because he's overweight, certainly, but because he just had freaking COVID. It's, (laughs) I could just laugh. I could just laugh for the first segment. It would kill my throat. I think I would die on here doing that, but I could. That's why I said just get up and celebrate. If I had like poppers or something for New Year's Eve, I would have shot him off in the intro here and probably gotten in a lot of trouble for doing something like that. But it's like you just don't see things like this. In front of a packed crowd, a sellout crowd, and I want to talk more about that in tomorrow's show, he put on the best performance of his career. But it wasn't just the scoring, right? Like, there's a number of other things that he did in this game that are really important. Let's get into that coming up here next as we continue to talk about Zion's career-high superstar status achieved 43-point game here in today's episode <coughs> Sorry, of Locked on Pelicans. 
Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Rocket Money. If your New Year's goals this year are to manage your budget and better uh, manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Eighty percent of people have f- subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe it's a streaming service that you just watched one show on, or a free trial that you never ended up canceling. Rocket Money is going to quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you, so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Don't leave money on the table. Get your financial health in shape. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. Rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. And thank you. Hold on. I got to do this. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else is coming to you like this. No weeks between shows, days between shows. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. And today we are talking about Zion's big performance. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Instant reactions, game recaps, the Locked On take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts podcast. Zion, career high, superstar, 43 points in a win that keeps New Orleans second in the Western Conference. You know, I talked about it in the mailbag episode we did earlier in the week. I think it was yesterday, maybe. And someone asked, you know, is are the Pelicans realistically going to be a one seed? And then you have a game like this, where Zion plays at an MVP level and carries the team and they get a win over not the toughest opponent, but not an easy one either. They foul out a three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, when you play like that and you have guys stepping up, and we'll get into Jackson Hayes. I want to get into Dyson Daniels, Najee Marshall, too. We'll get into them in the next segment or maybe start it in this one. You can definitely do that because all of those guys are key contributors. And in the regular season, the depth matters. The depth matters. But in the postseason, it's your superstars, your best players, your shortened rotation that's going to get you wins. You saw Zion's capable of taking over a game. Get into a close game in the fourth quarter against a playoff team in the playoffs? I feel confident in Zion Williamson. I think you should too after that game that he just had here. But it wasn't just the scoring, right? You had the Minnesota Timberwolves selling out to stop him. They were doubling him the second he got the ball. They were doubling him sometimes before he got the ball to deny him the ball. And that didn't work. Finished with five assists on the night. Easily could have had more. Some guys hit some more shots. But you saw the chemistry between him and Trey Murphy in this one. Trey scored 21 points. I don't remember how many of his threes Zion assisted on. He went five of six. But I can think of three of them, if not more. Trey having that kind of shooting game, making teams pay for doubling Zion. And look, they they didn't want Zion to beat him. Zion was smart, and instead of letting them build a wall around the rim, would push in transition and try and get downhill before their defense got set. But when it was set and they were denying him the ball, he was looking for Trey Murphy, and Trey was doing a really good job of getting open. New Orleans didn't have guys, you know, shooting a lot of threes in this one. So they really needed to make them count. In fact, Trey and CJ McCollum are the only two players that had multiple made threes in this one. Pelicans made 10 of 24. That's a good percentage, but 24 threes is not a lot. Now that number goes down when Zion is doing what he's doing. He had 21 shot attempts, but he had way more shooting possessions with the amount of times that he got fouled and went to the free throw line. 
So that number of 24 is a little bit misleading because, yeah, with Zion out there, you don't need to shoot threes nearly as much. But you got to make him when he kicks them out to you. And guys were doing that. That's a really important thing to see. That's how you space the court for Zion or put teams into a no-win situation. Zion was dishing the ball, didn't really need him to rebound much, but could do it when he needed to. We saw him grab a few. He was just outstanding. Reading the defense, making the right play, getting to the spots. They liked to use him in a couple of different ways in this one, right? At, and I think that kept the defense for the Timberwolves off balance. A couple times it would be on that low post, left or right side, get him the ball, let him try and f- turn face up and try and score with a short little run to the rim or put him at the three-point line and get him really moving downhill. And when he did that to Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert could just foul and Zion's finishing at the rim is freaking ridiculous, that he's still able to go up and get and ones and get to the line and foul out a dude like Rudy Gobert. Just the way they use him, the focal point he is, when you add Brandon Ingram back to this, this team's going to be scary. Those stretches where we don't love the offense that we're seeing from New Orleans, well, you, you don't need to worry about that as much. You know, those, those stretches, particularly midway in the third quarter when the offense went completely stagnant and was struggling, you have B.I. as kind of your safety valve there, and he can handle the ball too. So if they do a good job of trying to defend him as well while throwing two at Zion, he can break down that defense and create for others. The Timberwolves got out to a five-point lead in this one early because they didn't give Zion the ball, and they made this team so easy to defend, and it led to a lot of turnovers for the Pelicans. You've got to cut that out. And once they started to put the ball in Zion's hands, That's when good things really started to happen. With Zion doing what he does, you can live with the four turnovers that he has. That's not a bad number there. You know, it's two from Dyson Daniels on some bad passes. It's four from C.J. McCollum, which aren't great. You know, give the ball to Zion and you eliminate a lot of those other guys trying to do just a little bit too much. And I thought C.J. was good in this game. And you could see when he got going, they needed a little bit of a lift. He got that dunk that he had. In transition, he had a pull-up three that he made over a couple of guys. He looked great. That's when you can start to see the vision of this team, and that's when you go, oh, okay. With When they're playing like that, with the depth that they have, Najee, Dyson, we'll get to them coming up here in a second. That's when you go, oh, they really can be the number one seat. Defense wasn't great at times. There were a lot of miscommunications, a lot of mistakes made there. But overall, when they needed plays, they got plays. Zion forcing the steal on the perimeter, going down for the dunk late in the fourth quarter. And then Dyson Daniels, again, we'll talk about him coming up next, with great defense. Defensive rebounding and then playing great defense on Anthony Edwards on the final possession to force a miss. That's a freaking rookie in one of the most pressure-packed situations you can be on the defensive side of the ball against a guy. Let's talk about that coming up. Why are we saving it here? Making my life harder um, as I can barely speak. Let's talk about the defense from Dyson Daniels, the importance of Najee Marshall. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by the NHTSA. Think about it. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few drinks back. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to a close, well, 
people start to head out and you think of calling for a ride. But no, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're ready to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever drive sober or get pulled over thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day no one else is breaking this team down for you all five days a week giving you the content you want the biggest stories answering your twitter questions and breaking down a superstar performance from zion williamson we just did two segments on him. Now, for your second listen, go check out locked on saints is sean payton coming back is tom brady gonna be the qb next year Look, you could sell me on anything right now. That's how disappointing the Saints season has been. Go catch up on everything you need to know about the future of the black and gold over at the Locked on Saints podcast. Okay, so we are talking about the Pelicans' big win. Not big win, but important win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 119-118. Zion scores a career-high 43 points. Final 14 points of the game for New Orleans, including a clutch three. Dude looking like Steph Curry or something out there. But while we focused on him, and rightfully so, <coughs> there's a couple of other players that I do think need shout-outs as well that I really want to look at. We just mentioned C.J. McCall. He did his thing. He was great. Six assists, 20 points on 16 shots, three of seven from deep. Perfect. Cut down on the turnovers like a little bit, C.J., and, but overall, I'm fine with what we saw from him. Let's look at Dyson Daniels. This is a rookie that was thrust into a key role in this game. Uh, comes up with a huge defensive rebound. For the Pelicans. Like his stats don't look amazing. Three points, four rebounds, two assists. You know, nothing spectacular. But you look at how influential he was, particularly in the fourth quarter, and just my goodness, how important was that? Najee Marshall drives down and where, oh, I'm missing where it says it here. But he grabbed a key defensive board with about six seconds left, is what I think it was. Or was it before that? I'm looking at the play-by-play. I can't remember everything right now, but I believe it was that. And I think this is off. Anyway, he grabbed a key defensive board for the Pelicans as you had the Minnesota Timberwolves miss a shot. And it just, oh, no, no, sorry. It was an offensive rebound. It was an offensive rebound, not a defensive rebound. My goodness. No, it was the one where he grabs an offensive board off a Najee Marshall miss, hits the deck, gets the ball to Zion Williamson, who's cutting down. Scores at the rim, and that was the sixth foul on, didn't score, but gets fouled by Rudy Gobert, and that was Rudy Gobert's sixth foul. How key of a play is that? If this game had gone to overtime, the Timberwolves would not have had uh, Rudy Gobert out there. His rim protection, he had four blocks. He was doing a good job for the most part. And Dyson Daniels is the reason he didn't get to finish the game out. He would have been useful to have down low to maybe try and get the ball to for the final play to go and get that game-winning shot attempt off of a Zion Williamson missed free throw at three and a half seconds left after the Minnesota Timberwolves called a timeout. And instead, it comes down to Anthony Edwards, who takes a 12-foot fadeaway jumper, and Dyson Daniels is all over him. Hit, hit rim was a decent attempt, but it was a really good contest on a guy that scored 27 points and had kind of been burning New Orleans throughout the night. 
he did a really good job limiting Anthony Edwards when he was out there against him. And on the final shot, right, you need you need to to force a miss there. Otherwise, you lose the game. There's no going to overtime at that point, most likely. And the Willie Green trusts Dyson Daniels to go out and do that. What does that say, one, about Dyson Daniels, about Willie Green, and about the depth of this roster, that you have a rookie that you trust to go and do that? It's incredible. It's incredible. This is a different team than we've seen in the past. To grab that board and to get it to Zion, (coughs) to make that play, sorry. You know, that's just a, a tremendous job by him. Then you also had Najee Marshall in this. Not quite the same as the other night where he had 22 points, but he had 12 points, including seven boards. He didn't make a three in this one, but he was aggressive getting downhill and trying to score and going off of closeouts. Out on the three-point line, Zion gets him the ball because he's wide open. They close out hard on him. So, okay, I'm going to put the ball on the ground, on the court, drive to the basket, try and score that way. And he did a really good job of that. And it really kept the Timberwolves' defense off balance. It also allowed him to make other passes and to keep the ball really moving. He made three shots at the rim in this game. That's actually really impactful. His his role and the way he plays like a knife, you know, is is great. That aggressiveness when they don't always have another guy that wants to do that, that wants to drive, that wants to attack and put a little bit of pressure on the basket, that's key. He drew some fouls on Rudy Gobert as well and is a big part of why Rudy Gobert fouled out. When you have this kind of depth and an MVP candidate in Zion Williamson and you're only going to get better because you're going to have Brandon Ingram come back, We also had Larry Nance Jr. leave this game with an injury after he got slapped to the head by Austin Rivers, which was a flagrant two. You had Jackson Hayes come in and force a tremendous travel out on the perimeter and just fill his role well. He's clearly the other big outside, you know, and has supplanted Billy Hernan Gomez. He, in very limited minutes, was key with what he did and rebounded fairly well. There's some depth here that's going to win you a lot of regular season games. And if the Pelicans can really put it all together and you cut that rotation down, knowing you have those options if you need them and let your stars carry you home, and we know Zion can do it, yeah, this team can be the one seed and this team can be really, really good. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Again, sorry for my voice. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.